Welcome to the Pro Cheerleading Podcast, hosted by Makiba and Brittany, two former NFL cheerleaders discussing hot topics in the pro cheerleading industry and revealing the truth behind the palms. Cheers, darling. Cheers. What are we drinking, vodka? Not this time. We're drinking tea. Royal English breakfast tea. Mm-hmm. Because... <laughs> What is the name of this episode? It's called London Bridge. And it's called London Bridge because this is our pinkies up. Mm -hmm. This is our discussion of cheerleading at the professional level on an international level. Why do I feel so sophisticated (laughs) in a fake way? I don't know. Because we just talked to a very sophisticated British lady. Yes. We have a very exciting interview to share with you guys of a woman, Zoe Rutherford hoping we pronounce her last name correctly, but she captivated us because she started her own London cheerleaders, and it's yeah. her own professional cheerleading team that does lots of events and uh, sporting events and corporate promotion and events throughout London, and so we're super excited to share that with you, but first, cheer chat and fake oh, accents. Yeah, I'll cut chat. it out. I'll cut it out. I tend to do that. I'm like that person that will pretend once I hear a beautiful accent that I actually have one. I start copying without noticing, like, and then I'm like, oh, no. It's like, I hope they don't think I'm being disrespectful, but it's almost like you just take it on. It was such a, it's a level of admiration for me. Like, I just want to be down so bad because I just love accents. I just think they're beautiful. What's your favorite accent? French. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's the most beautiful language to me. So what's yours? Oh, I don't know. No? Yeah, I don't know. Any accent, honestly. I mean, is there any bad accents? Boston. <laughs> Just, I mean, oh, let's, yeah. Should we even go there? We're in cheer uh, chat now. We are in cheer chat. Okay, so the Super Bowl happened over the weekend. We're supposed to be neutral, though. We are. We're pro cheerleading podcasts. You we're, know, we're pro cheerleaders, not the teams that they represent. Okay, so yay to the Patriots cheerleaders and the Rams cheerleaders for having what looked like amazing just experience, an amazing Super Bowl experience in Atlanta. I mean, Atlanta is like fun as. F yeah. in general. Like, throw the Super Bowl in there and damn, I'm sure it was just chaos. I saw a lot of traffic jams. What did you see, like, following all the teams while they were there? Yeah. Um, what did I see? I did hear, because I went to Atlanta for a work trip right before, mm-hmm. so I saw all the Super Bowl stuff going up, like the, you know, Super Bowl experience and all that good stuff. And a lot of the Uber drivers I was talking to were, like, not excited. We're saying that Atlanta actually isn't very pedestrian friendly. Heck no. So they're like, like, I don't know how everyone's, yeah, how are they going to get everywhere? Like, everyone's going to be on the road. So I'm sure it was madness. Absolutely. Um, It's pretty spread out, too. I mean, we've gone down there for PRO. And if you're staying downtown, great. I don't know where they they staged everything. But you can also have events, like, all over the place. Which is why I'm so glad we went to Pro Bowl instead of Super Bowl. I was a little salty at first. But I think it was best. The last thing we would want to do is be in gridlock trying to get somewhere and miss every performance. But right. it looked like they had a blast, and it was a shit-tastic game, if I must yeah, say Yeah, so. it was so boring. <laughs> I mean, I know defense wins championships, but good God almighty. like I don't, even, I don't even know if I watched it. I was just in my chips and guac, like, what? What's going on? Like, it was yeah. just so boring. I kind of knew deep down Patriots were going to gonna win yeah i would really i really wanted the rams to pull it off but same you know, it's just experience man mm-hmm. people nut up 
Oh, that's really <laughs> graphic. You might hear a few sexual references <laughs> from me today, as always. I don't know. But, I mean, I just think that youth and experience probably were at play. And it's, it's, it's unfortunate. But yeah. our guys made history. I'm acting like they're ours. But hi, Quentin and Napoleon. Congrats. We're just cheering on the biggest stage ever. And they were all over the media. It was crazy. And think about if you're a rookie Patriots cheerleader. Like, you just went and won a Super Bowl. Like, that's huge. Huge. I know. Yeah. Just like... I'm like, yeah. I know. Well, they probably should have a very stringent auditions process because they know that the girls, you make the team, you've got a pretty dang good chance of going to the Super Bowl. So they, they, should, pick be, they should be picky. The best, best of the best. Of the best. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, since this is our international-themed episode, I thought... Not to pat our own little backs, but we should go through the list of listeners from all over the world who are supporters of the Pro Cheerleading Podcast because it's actually pretty damn exciting. We have 29 countries that are listening, so thank you, every single one of you. We're about to give you some love. Yeah, we're going to give you a shout out. It's not a pat on our back. It's like recognizing that... You know, we've only been live a few short months, and Three we're months. kind of going global. I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah. My little tail. <laughs> Just flick my little braid, hair flip. Um, so let's do it. You want to okay. start rattling them off? The one I am most surprised about, honestly, mm-hmm. is United States. <laughs> Just- <laughs> Right? Like, how did that happen? I don't know. So, yes, our number one listened country is United States. Yes. Boring. No, I'm kidding. Yay. Yay. Thanks for your support. Absolutely. Then we have Canada, mm-hmm. number three, which is really awesome because of our episode today, United Kingdom. That's so number we, three? That oh, number I see three. what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then who do we have? Germany. Mm-hmm. Sweden. Oh, I thought I said Iceland. I was like, no way. Okay, <laughs> Ireland, my people. Mexico. El Salvador. Australia. Norway. Finland. Hey, Turkey, what's up? Georgia. Cambodia. The Philippines. Wait, Georgia. Uh, Japan. Saudi Arabia, which is another like, whoa. That's yeah. Deep, and I love it. Yeah. Thank you for listening. I got you beat. Pakistan. I got you beat. Switzerland. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Switzerland is also on our list i thought that said be royal makiba has really beautiful handwriting but oh, it gosh. says brazil <laughs> be royal i didn't see you thinking that <laughs> we have poland home of the sausage polish sausage yes love those <laughs> france yes india which is also surprising that is new zealand denmark colombia russia latvia Argentina and Argentina. That's it. That's yeah. 29. 29 amazing countries. So we just want to say thank you for listening. Um, we would love to answer any questions that you guys might have. We can use Google Translate to like figure it out if it needs to be in your home language. But we're just so excited. We would love to make this a global conversation, which is why we picked this topic. So yeah, I'm just cheers again. Cheers again. Pinkies out. Yes. So when we were looking at content and researching for this episode, um, especially because of all of the buzz of the Super Bowl, we came across the London cheerleaders, and they were kind of doing a lot of promotion leading up to the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and they were just, you know, she was super responsive to us and was open to do an interview, and we just want to, like, get right to it, don't we? Yeah. 
She and, explains a lot. She's very well spoken, and I felt like um, her perspective on cheerleaders in general was like, that's what I've been trying to say. That's yeah. what I felt like. She just really, she's not even from here, know. you know? And it was really interesting, and we can touch on it after the after the interview, but she touched on a lot of the topics that we've covered um, for season one as well mm-hmm. as season two, and it's just so refreshing to hear it from an international perspective because we're all women and it's all the same kind of issues and we're all in the same fight and it's really just for people who love to dance giving them an opportunity to to do so yeah so let's drop that ish yeah we'll talk (laughs) to you guys after hi it's makiba and Brittany. (laughs) how are you i'm good i'm good thank you just to give us a little background on um who we are, I guess. We started, we cheered for the Seattle Seahawks for five years for myself. Brittany did six years, and uh, we decided to start a podcast on pro cheerleading uh, about in October last year, and we've just been covering a lot of different topics about uh, cheerleading in the U.S. I'm sure you've seen some of the controversial articles. We kind of covered a lot of that last season, but this season we're just trying to expand and thought we'd do an episode about cheerleading pro cheerleading abroad and I know I'd heard different things about uh, London obviously with the NFL going out there for games but we came across your company and all the exciting things you guys were doing and so I really appreciate you taking time to talk to us on super short notice especially with all the Super Bowl stuff you guys had going on it looks like you guys had a busy day yesterday or the day before (laughs) (laughs) what motivated you to to um start the london cheerleaders i i saw your note about just wanting every sport in the uk to have cheerleaders and that was your mission to make that a reality um well to to be honest i mean the the fan entertainment and sport in the uk is very very minimal compared to what they have in the states or in australia or in other parts of the world where sort of cheerleading and entertainment is quite a big part of sport Mm -hmm. whereas in the uk it's not so much and um they kind of drag their feet about it even though it's sort of a way to ensure that fans are coming to games and things like that so um it was sort of and if they did have cheerleaders often they would sort of use sort of school-age kids or sort of 18 to sort of 18, uh, 16 to 18 year olds and mm-hmm. they're not paying them and the actual standard of performance was quite low so um, one of the reasons that we set up the cheerleading initially was to try and sort of raise the level of the professional side of cheerleading in the UK um, especially in London um, and trying to get the performance aspect sort of better than what it was to be fair. Why were they so hesitant, do you think, to have it on a pro level? I don't want to say, this may seem like really, really quite rude no, because it's, it's American. Oh. <laughs> I think that's why it is. They're I like, ah, oh, that's pretty on America. And it's like, well, actually, it's it's what they're doing in a lot of, because that's a conversation I have quite a lot, actually. So it's very American, and I'm like, yeah, but they pack out their stadiums every week because of the entertainment side of the event, not necessarily just the the games that they're going to. Um, and a lot of sport in the UK, um, football and, and rugby, sort of struggle to get the numbers in the stadiums um, every week. So it's sort of a way to give people more bang for their buck, really, right. when cost of tickets are high and um, and things like that. So... Um, and, and there's sort of 
I suppose like anything, people don't necessarily understand what the purpose of it is either. Mm-hmm. So they think that you're just going to stand there and look pretty and shake some pom-poms. And it's like, no, there's more to it than that. And it's trying to get people to understand um, what it is that cheerleaders or performers can do at events and how they can engage with fans and, and make it more fun and exciting for everyone and make it more family-friendly because um, football does – football in the, in, the U, in the UK has sort of – can have a bit of a bad rep in regards to sort of language and mm-hmm. behaviours at football. So um, trying to bring more of a family, sort of friendly aspect into their game is sort of important. Did you say that they have um, like high schooler cheerleaders for their professional teams come out? Well, yeah, sometimes. So what has happened is, but this, the problem is, is that they wouldn't necessarily get sort of a, a like a, a competitive cheerleading team to do it that gets sort of a local school where the stand so the standard of, of cheerleading um, in a competitive way in the, in the UK through private um, sort of schools are quite high but within schools themselves like um, general everyday schools the standard isn't very high so um, the level that you'd get at a game wouldn't be very good so it'd be sort of I don't want to be rude about young kids, but often like 16-year-olds, the movements that they come up with, because it would be them creating the movement. So the movements that they come up with would be they would be copying Beyonce or something like that. So you've got 16-year-old children on on a pitch um, wearing clothes that aren't necessarily um, appropriate. And then there's a whole bunch of 30-plus men-year-olds watching them. So there's sort of a disconnect in regards to they're not professional, they're doing moves and they're 16 that aren't really appropriate for the what they're doing and they're eight. Right. And they're, not that it's, do you know what I mean? So it's yes. just sort of because yes. if you've got eight, 80% of men that are at a football game are all over the ages of 30, between 30 and 60, then you've got 16-year-old girls on a football pitch that they feel awkward So and they also that the, they the, – women on or the girl young the teenagers on the pitch they don't understand necessarily about the engagement side of it so mm-hmm. about engaging with people and how to have conversations and those things like that so the standard the professional it's not there so that's that made because they people had cheerleaders people who saw it go oh it's not very good and so it's trying to get the standard better and trying to actually put it in that professional sense of the cheerleaders or the dancers on the pitch are paid for the work that they do, they train for what they do, mm-hmm. and that there's a standard of professionalism within it, and the, that they border that line of appropriateness with regards to dance moves and things like that to make sure that it's sort of acceptable, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it does. Awesome. But that's awesome yeah. that you created this company. So do you have any yeah. background in uh, it looks like on your website you do have a background in dance, but any kind of yeah. professional cheerleading background? No, I didn't actually. So I, my background is I obviously I danced as a kid right through, and then I was a dance and drama teacher in schools. So I trained in New Zealand, um, and I taught in secondary schools um, for years. And then uh, it just it was one of those things. If you told me like 10 years ago you are going to be running like a cheerleading company, I'd be like, no, that's not happening. Happening, but um, it just sort of it just kind of something that happened. Sort of looking at some of the the standard of professional performances or dance at sports was horrendous. So I was like, well, 
I can do better than that, you know? So yeah, yeah. that's sort of how it came about, really. <clears throat> how did you find, yeah, but, how did you put together your squad um, when you came up with the idea? Did you hold auditions? Did you know a lot of dancers in the area? I mean, it looks like their dancers are from different countries and just from all over. Yeah. So the London is sort of quite, because obviously in the UK you have, there are a lot of Kiwis and Aussies that come over and live over here. You've got a a lot of Europeans obviously living, so it's sort of quite very multicultural. Mm -hmm. There's lots of people from lots of different countries. So we, yeah, we tend to have auditions um, for for the cheerleading team, Um, but we don't really do it on a yearly basis. Some of the cheerleaders and the team have been part of the team for sort of five years, five, six years now. So, um, and we don't necessarily re audition um, just purely because they're all professional dancers. So, they're all always sort of working in that industry anyway. Um, Mm. And also, uh, and then if we are auditioning, we sort of advertise on sort of local sort of there's a uh, uh, Facebook page called The Hustle um, which is for dancers to try and get work Um, and then there's lots of sort of other pages that you can put um, information on so a lot of the team are actually a mix of professional dancers some of them do have other jobs as well so PTs or fitness instructors or they do Mm -hmm. um, only very very few of them have office work as a as a, an actual job, majority is sort of working in the performance industry anyway, um, and a lot of them do sort of promo work, star work as well. So, such a talented group. I mean, I loved watching the performances. I mean, I can imagine it'd probably be very popular, and lots of people would want to get involved. How do you manage the games or events that you guys do? Because the squad is fourteen women. Is that right? Yeah. Well, it depends. It ebbs and flows a little bit. So we've got. Um, it's, I suppose it's not like a typical what you'd have in the states where you've got uh, like your 36 or 32 or however many cheerleaders you've got mm-hmm. and they're there every time things like that. It's not really like that. We do it on a sort of a job per job basis. So say we get an event or something that's going on, we put out sort of an information about the event, um, when it is, what it is, um, sort of the rate of pay for that event and things like that. Um, and then the, they let us know, they, they let me know if they're available. Um, and sometimes it can be the client deciding on who they would want. Um, they might request, so if they've had people in the past that they particularly like or they think do a good job for them, they might request people or um, or I choose. I kind of go, okay, these are the people who are going to be doing this event because mm-hmm. they fit together or they work together or whatever. Um, well, so it's sort of a, a mixture of different things. It's who is available as well as who's been at training sessions and, and all those kind of things. It's sort of a, a mixture of stuff. Do you do a lot of choreography kind of on the spot in term, based on the type of job it is, or do you have like a, a bank of routines that tend to work for all events that you guys do? Yeah, we have sort of a bank of routines that we sort of add to or cut or cull as we go. Um, we Every so often, so for example, we've done sort of quite a few TV events, and often they have a particular song that they want or... Oh, okay. um, something like that so then we we either create something for that specifically or they might have a choreographer that does it or we just use one of the routines that we've got and sort of place it together and for the song that they're doing so it's sort of a mixture of different sort of ways but generally we have sort of a bank of routines sort of a mixture of pop and rock and a bit of sort of r&b like hip-hop and Mm -hmm. stuff like that so it's, it's sort of a range of 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 things what was the perception from people in London? Uh, was it kind of slow to start, or were people booking you guys left and right? 
Um, I think it, it's funny because people, when we're out at events, they, people love it. Um, right. There's a disconnect with um, brands or with sort of clubs with them not realising that their fans actually do like that side of um, an event. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's sort of, it, it's a funny one. Like it depends. Again, it sort of ebbs and flows. In the summer, we're quite busy just because it's better weather. Um, in the winter, it sort of slows down a bit. Um, but it's sort of, it, it kind of, it, yeah, sometimes we're really, really busy. We've got loads of work. And then other times it's a bit of a quiet time mm-hmm. and there's not so much going on. Um, so, yeah, it just, but yeah, it's sort of funny. It's, it, there is sort of a, an, unfortunately, I don't know why, but cheerleading has a funny, people, when they think of cheerleading, they think the the wrong thing. Right. <laughs> um, and so it's sort of, they kind of see it as, I don't know, I don't know what they see it as, as I don't know, but, and so it's sort of, but once they see it, and they see the cheerleaders, they go, oh, they're actually really good, and they're really good with people. I'm like, yes, 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 mm-hmm. this is why. <laughs> this is why we do it. They're like, people really like it. I'm like, yeah, huh? this is what I was telling you. <laughs> so, yeah, that's awesome. Can we take advantage of the NFL being in London or, like, the Super Bowl? Um, uh, well, the Super Bowl, obviously, Super Bowl was a busy night. Um, it's Because um, NFL is it's growing massively now in, in yeah. London because uh, obviously they come over here. Um, and so we were at, at 10 parties last night, nine being oh, wow. in London and one in Bath, um, which is sort of about a sort of four-hour drive from London. Oh, wow. Um, so we were in some of – so and, and so that, that's what they do, and they pay these the, – the Super Bowl parties, people pay to go to them. And they start at about – kick off obviously 11.30 p.m. over here, so it's sort of quite a late night. And it was um, such a boring game. And, no, that's terrible. I'm sure you, no, I said it was such a boring game. I'm sure you guys helped to entertain people during that display of a <laughs> Yeah, well, we, we – to be honest, we, we actually – we finished at 11.30. We were just here pre – it's funny because when throughout the game, there's not really much that we can do. So, mm-hmm. um, and then at halftime, people want to watch the show. They don't necessarily want to watch the people in the in the bar. So, um, a lot of most of the majority of the events we finished sort of at kickoff. We did have sort of a private party that we were doing that went longer in a Hard Rock Cafe, which we're at, was in London. They always have us longer as well. So, but throughout the game, but yeah, it was like a really low scoring game. <laughs> yeah. And the halftime show was was pretty poor to yeah, be fair, yeah. <laughs> uh, which is a shame, but <laughs> that's what happens. Oh yeah. my gosh. Um, it's super, super <laughs> fascinating. I mean, it's interesting to hear you um, discuss just kind of the perception of cheerleaders. I think even in the U.S., um, you know, we did an episode where we were talking about uh, the arguments that people have about banning cheerleaders, especially with the Me Too movement, even though they have nothing to do with each other. There was, there was a whole wave of Articles. It's like it's it's about time to get rid of NFL cheerleaders, you know, and people arguing that there's no value to what we do, and it's so interesting to hear the same kind of dynamic over over in London. It's funny though because it's it's a conversation I have a lot. I have a lot about sort of well, people are like, well, me too, and this, and I'm like, well, hold on a minute. I'm like, wait. I'm like, you're talking about taking away work from women. I'm like, if you're talking about me too, or if you're talking about anything to do with women or women's rights or anything like that that's absolutely the opposite and often you have these people well they shouldn't be doing this and I'm like well they enjoy it they they wouldn't do it if they didn't enjoy it they get generally get paid in the over here my cheerleaders are paid quite well for the work that they do um and they and it's what they love and 
how many people can actually say in their life that they get to do the job that they love and and why would you take that away from someone and the majority of people who are watching love it as well and if that was taken away people would kick off um especially uh, i mean can you imagine if they got rid of the dallas cowboy cheerleaders could you imagine Mm, exactly Exactly. it's just crazy because then there's the other the other argument of well bring men in bring male dancers and i'm like well that's fine um but also then you're taking that work away from a woman so Mm -hmm. you're kind of it's great to try and make it but then all the players are men and the majority of people who work in sport especially in the uk are men like why would you take work away from women in sport to try and make it more equal when it's not equal in the first first place place, and we're trying to get more women in sport so no, it's, that's awesome, Zoe. I couldn't agree more. It's a great. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's a, it's a real shame because often I think I think you you hear it you hear it quite because we we didn't it wasn't cheerleading but but we had I had two um, two of the women who are in the team at a event and they were there promotional wise so they were there promo, as promotional staff mm-hmm. at the event and people were kicking off about it and women were like going and it was a farming event. Um, and women were going, well, we're trying to get more women into farming and this doesn't make us a good, this isn't a good advertisement for it. And I'm like, well, actually our job wasn't at the event wasn't to try and recruit women into farming. Our job at the event was to promote the brand or the products that were at the event. And we were there to attract people to this, the, the, the area first off mm-hmm. and then pass them off onto sales staff once they kind of got interested um, in the event. And these women who are saying this, and I'm like, I can understand why they're saying that because they struggled in the industry, but they're doing to the two women who were at the event exactly what was done to them. them. And it's sort of like this big negative sort of loop. And it's like, no, you need to break that. You need to actually go, okay, it's not what I would do, but these women are paid to do this job. They're doing a really good job and they just need to be left to it. Mm -hmm. Um, And people make big judgments without actually understanding the sort of, intricacies of, of what actually goes on and the work that you guys do in the community and the work that you inspire young girls to get active and take up a sport exactly. where they might not have and, and unfortunately football or rugby or cricket isn't for everyone and people do like to dance mm-hmm. so because you guys do so much brand promotion just like how you prepare your women to go out if you have to do any sort of like research on the product or you basic because we get we have promo events all the time where it might be for a corporate event like a trade show yeah. and we're really just kind of thrown into it without any information whatsoever um I would try to look things up but it's not like you said you're there to sell anything but it's just trying to somewhat be prepared to have it be I successful suppose, uh, to be honest it really depends on the brand mm. really depends on the product so, or, or, or the people interested in actually giving me information. The information I get, I then disperse to my the, the group. So, because obviously, NFL isn't big over here, so I always do a brief for my cheerleaders before any event to sort of give a, back, a little bit of a background, giving them the, like a website to have a look at mm-hmm. any information that your brand has given me so that they can have a look at. But also, especially with the NFL, I kind of gave them tidbits or sort of ha- like what to talk about. Or I gave them, I gave them some videos or the like how-to guide to football and things, uh, American football and things like that. So it was sort of, I, I do try and prepare them as much as possible. But there's only a certain amount of pre- preparation that you can do if you're gonna. I mean, they're not get, they're not there to sell, and that's the thing. And that's what I think sometimes in the promotional sense, people mistake sales 
and promotion. Mm-hmm. So the promotion mm-hmm. is, is there to, to be the red flashing light to um, draw people into the stand and, or into whatever it is or, or into the brand. And then you should have salespeople there to then be able to engage with those people and explain in more detail about what, what the actual um, product is or whatever it is. And I think uh, a brand needs to recognize the fact that they can't just put promotional their people there and expect them to be able to sell. Right. They're not salespeople right. and they're there to promote. And that's a different skill than sales. Promotion is about being able to engage and attract and um, sales is about being able understanding the product and being able to talk about that in a way that will make people want it so these they're two really separate things and I think people sometimes try and link them and it's like you can't if you've got promotional people there they're there to give things away or they're there to sort of have the initial conversation and going yeah this is agrofat or this is a drinks brand or this a blah 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 and they have these flavors try one and then the salespeople can explain in more detail about what they are and that's sort of what I try and do anyway right. obviously they need a little bit they can't come across as oh that's one thing I mean most of the women in the team are, are well educated so they you don't they don't want to come across as silly or not Clueless. looking like they know yeah. what they're doing exactly. so they do yeah. tend to want to kind of put a bit of a background into it or what have you yeah. I think I saw that um, either on your Facebook or your website, but um, you described them as beauty and brains, and I thought that was really awesome because that's exactly what we're trying to get out there about the cheerleaders in the States is that, um, you know, we're well-educated and, you know, we're dancers. There's nothing wrong with that, so that was really cool. No, I suppose I, it's so funny because, I, again, it's like this, I have this conversation a lot with the Me Too, and they, they stopped um, – they have darts over here. It's quite a big thing. They had these dark work on, work, walk-on girls. So they got rid of them, and then they got rid of the um, sort of some of the other things that they were doing. Um, and so it was sort of kicked off a bit. And people were a bit upset about it because it was something that people, they enjoyed at the events. But um, I'm like, if you're a ballet dancer doing a ballet dance, nobody would comment on how that ballet dancer was moving their body but for some reason any other form of dance people seem to want to be able to comment and going oh that move isn't appropriate or it's a bit sexual or what have you and I'm like but they wouldn't do that to a ballerina like why are they doing it to a street dancer or a jazz dancer or anything else and it's this control the control over women and control Mm -hmm. over their bodies which people seem to want to be able to do they also I think men also feel that they want to protect a woman Mm-hmm. as well like we need to protect them from themselves because they shouldn't be they shouldn't be doing that because they're not bright enough to understand what they're doing and it's like well no actually we're women right. <laughs> we understand how we're moving and we have control over our bodies and we made the choice to do this so we don't need protection but thank you but we're fine and it's that kind of thing and I think there's sort of those kind of things and it's really really silly like I get it like I, I sometimes I, I talk to men and I'm like I get you're trying to protect us but we don't need to be protected we're absolutely fine and and we're confident women and we can do and we can make these choices and that's what we've decided yeah. to do <laughs> I, I just love your passion and I mean it's just yeah. everything that we Oh, gosh, if you ever get a chance to hear any of our episodes, we're, we get pretty worked up talking about the same types of issues because it's just been, it's almost like we've just been under attack for a good year plus now of just, um, yeah. you know, how we're dancing. I mean, you know, it's, I know, I, 
I get it. Like, I understand what people are saying. Like, I, it's not that I don't understand where they come from, mm-hmm. but they come from a from a, a, a place of non not be understanding or not education, or they're commenting from afar without actually having seen it live or been involved with it in any way. Right. They just sort of see photos or um, imagery, and then they make this decision that it's it's, it's whatever, mm-hmm. and it's sad. It's sad, but. You just keep doing what you do, and if it's what you love, then you keep doing it. And I think, to be honest, at the moment in the U.S., because I know there's been problems with pay and mm-hmm. and those kind of things. I mean, as long as they start paying the dance performers better and things like that, then it will get better and get easier, and people will then respect it more. Because right. um, I don't under- I don't understand because why, and especially in the NFL, for those sort of weeks where the game is on, why those why the performers aren't employed in, in a part-time or full-time basis. Because surely there must be enough work for that to happen. But right. I don't know. I find that it's, it's been interesting. I mean, I think different squads were getting away with uh, different compensation structures where um, it was like a set amount for promo events or, um, or games. But when you add up like yeah. all the other time that they were spending doing things that they weren't really compensated for... I think that's where you would see like the hourly wages ended up being less than minimum wage because the girls started to kind of add up everything that they were doing and and just not being compensated appropriately. And it's just it's really sad because when you think about the mascots for different teams that are making sixty thousand plus a year know, and, they're, yeah. and they're providing like you know I won't say the same entertainment they're providing a form of entertainment for fans and it's I mean I I would argue that we do we we do more in terms of that you know with the dancing and the same type well, yeah, of we community. actually talk. Yeah. <laughs> well, 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 I suppose the level, the standard that you guys are expected to be at and at that game, because it's a long, an NFL game, long, long time to be out. Right, for <laughs> and sure. And like on, on show for that amount of time and, and stay kind of, because there's this expectation to be perfect, isn't it? So stay that way. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, like, my cheerleaders, the cheerleaders, we kind of do, like, we might do like three hours, but we, we kind of, I don't, they don't work nearly as hard as what you guys do. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, it's it's one of those things. I'm just like, what? <laughs> and it's sad. It's clubs aren't sort of having the respect and kind of going, we actually need to pay these women properly mm-hmm. because how much are we paying our players or how much are we paying um, our staff, other staff members or the other performers at the event or things like that. It needs to be on equal terms, especially with all the prep that you guys go through and hair, makeup, and tanning, and (laughs) the whole thing. I think they'll get there. I mean, I feel a little bit more optimistic for whatever reason. I don't know why. um, That at least a lot of that negative press that some of the teams got. That they're just looking at the way that they their programs and the way that they the rules that they have for the cheerleaders and just starting to question like, why do we do this? Because there's room for change and improvement. I was going to ask, because you guys have done so many different types of events. Like, what would you say has been, like, your favorite or most successful event with, with your squad? I, I suppose probably one of the, the best ones that I think I think majority of the women who were at the event was when Leicester City won the Premier League. Um, and we were at the game where they got presented the, the, um, the trophy. And then we were at their, like, parade as well and there were over sort of a hundred thousand people 
oh, in wow. the crowd and the cheerleaders were performing on the stage for that so I think on all of of all the events that we've done like because we've done all sorts of things so we've worked in um like charity events and and football rugby cricket basketball netball um we do a lot of sort of running events as well sort of half marathons uh Ironman all sorts of different things but I would say that Leicester City when they won the Premier League and the Chile's performed in front of the 100,000 people person crowd that was probably the biggest thing it was crazy um they, they you, you couldn't see the end of the crowd on the park like it was sort of it was crazy it was mental oh like they were, the cheerleaders were performing and they're like we couldn't see the end like it just kept <laughs> on going <laughs> um and they were just like they came off just buzzing because obviously if you perform in front of that many people oh, like they were just absolutely buzzing because it was the biggest thing that they'd ever done like being on tv or what have you it's sort of but being in an event like that um, where there's such a and celebratory and that many people and such a celebratory kind of thing. It was it was crazy. Definitely, Definitely. very, very memorable um, in what we've done. But then there's been other things that we've done which have just been really, really cool. We did a stand-up to count cancer um, event, which was um, televised, um, and they sort of, they raised sort of like a huge amounts of money for cancer and performing on that, which was really amazing. And then there's a TV show over here called A League of Their Own, um, which is like a, a sports show. So the cheerleaders have been on that quite a few times um, over sort of the years and, and things like that. So that's always fun. We, there used to be a beach rugby event in London, which she used to do, and that was always really, really fun, trying to dance on sand, which is hilarious. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and like kicking, making sure the eyes are closed as you kick to make sure you don't get sand in your eyes and stuff like that. It's like the workout, like the, at the end of the day, they're like our legs, they're like calves, they're just like gone. Right. <laughs> and just it's just a workout, it is a workout. Um, but it's fun because obviously you're on sand, so it just makes it more exciting. And trying to do turns, like you're trying to turn, you get like halfway around, you're like digging it down into the sand. It's just a bit, it's just quite, it's one of those kind of situations where. You just kind of go, it is what it is. We're going to perform um, right. and we're going to do it as best as we can. But <laughs> inevitably, it's not going to be as clean as what you'd expect on like a, on a pitch or on, on a stage or, or what have you. But it, it is fun. Oh <laughs> it does sound like a lot of fun. I want to come audition. <laughs> no, right? <laughs> Especially to be in London. Yeah, Are you fun. kidding? I have probably one last question about, um, I saw the silver cheerleading and oh, do, yeah. do you want to talk about that oh a little God. bit? Yeah, so okay, cool. so it is amazing. So um, we, I was at an event sort of years ago now, um, and I met a lady called Edwina Brocklesby, um, and she's now, she's 75, I think, um, and she's the UK's oldest Ironman. Um, so she did her last Ironman, not, not last year, the year before she completed it, but she wow. still holds that title. Um, but she set up a charity called Silverfit, and Silverfit is about getting over 50s active. Um, and so what they do is they deliver a number of different morning or afternoon sessions. And how the sessions work are um, uh, people come, and there's a number of different opportunities or options at each event. So this morning in an area called the Docklands in London, um, they have a session and they can either do Nordic walking or silver cheerleading. Um, and so some of the ladies, some of the ladies and gentlemen go off and do silver cheerleading, silver uh, Nordic walking for an hour, and some do the cheerleading. And then afterwards, they stay around and they all have a cup of coffee or a tea or a biscuit and things like that. So they do sort of they arrive, they have a chat, 
they have sort of an, they choose an hour of physical activity to do, and then they stay around and sort of um, have a chat. Mm-hmm. And then there's other thing, other ones they do spin and they do um, all like all sorts of different things: um, walking, football, uh, Bollywood, Zumba. There's a number of different things that they do, um, and it's it's to co- ensure that older people are staying active and fit. But over in the UK, there's a big thing about loneliness and older people, um, and so it's a real, really good way to get older people um, out of their homes, do some physical activity, because there's so much, so many studies now that say the more active you stay, as older you get, you live longer and you live healthier. Um, but also and the social wise, a lot of people, old people, don't see anyone for like a week. So this is a way that they can come out and Socialize, have those yeah. sort of social opportunities with other people um, to sort of engage in that because there's a real issue with loneliness mm-hmm. um, in, in the UK, especially, um, which is a real shame. So, but it's honestly the most amazing thing to be part of, um, and that we do. They don't ever perform. We do demos. So we demonstrate what we do because some of the ladies have never danced before. Like cheerleading is totally left field of what they've ever done. Mm-hmm. And we've got some gentlemen that gentlemen that do it as well. Um, and so it's really nice for them to have something new and they go out and they demo what they do at different events. I'm just so excited <laughs> that we got to talk to you. I thank you so much for your time. Like this is, it's so exciting to hear about it. I mean, I wish we could come and see you guys perform and the whole nine, but we followed your social media accounts and just excited to stay tuned to the things that you guys are doing over there. I also want to thank her so much. You're so well-spoken and I just think you are a great representative and the perfect person to start something like this in London. So that's super awesome. Thanks for spending your evening with us. Cheers. (laughs) How much did you love Zoe? I loved her a lot. She was really awesome. I've been using this word a lot, but she basically was a badass. She was. I loved how she just put it down. Like... Like, hold up, wait a minute. You know, like when she was talking about Me Too, she had me hyped. I know I sounded like a dead zombie, but you guys, it was like six in the morning, right? We, yeah. yeah, because of the time difference. But what a lively way to wake up in the morning, just listening to what she's done and how she's put cheerleading on the map in the UK. She was awesome. What do you want to touch on that really stood out for us? I mean, I really appreciated her business mindset. Like, she seemed to have nailed the marketing and how important it is to present the women in a in the best light possible that it is beauty and brains when she talked about prepping the girls for some of the promo appearances with her corporate clients because let's be real if you're going to do something like that you have to it's on a job per job basis so you have to bring in the money with the appearances and performances and so um I like the amount of effort that she put into prepping the girls so that they're if they're at a trade show and representing a brand that they can speak to the brand a little bit instead of just standing there and taking pictures and holding your pom-poms, which I feel like sometimes the promo appearances when we cheered were just... Like that. Like that. Unless you did your own research, you were kind of walking in blind and figuring it out. But I caught on to that. I don't know if it was a tip from you, but I definitely started doing my research because... It's not fun standing there, mm-hmm. not knowing anything, the background. You just, you just appear like a, I don't even want to say dumb cheerleader. I hate that phrase, but you just aren't as effective in your appearance if you just act like your whole purpose there is to take pictures. And mm-hmm. it's just weird. And I think you can engage with um, the audience a lot more. It's not necessarily Seahawks fans. You might just be talking to people who don't really pay attention. So you're trying to draw them into something. And if you aren't prepared to talk 
about the brand or whatever you're there for. You just feel like a lump on a wall. Yeah, you already touched on this, but I loved her making the difference between promotions and sales. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, that's really important. And she seemed like a boss that would really advocate for that. Mm -hmm. Like if a client was to be like, I wanted them to sell this product, she was going to be like, that's not what you hired us for. So she was very, she knew what she was doing. And she was strong about it. She was definitely an advocate. I liked when she talked about the the women that kind of somewhat attacked her dancers for being there at that one event. And she's like, you know, we're actually women supporting women out here and we're not detracting away from women being in the field. This is something that we're doing to promote and draw people in. And I just thought she was just so with it. Sure of herself. I I loved loved it. The confidence was huge. And she has to make these pitches to people on a regular basis to, to have these conversations Mm -hmm. like over and over again is definitely probably tiring, but she seems like she's got ample amounts of passion to, to put towards that effort, which is, which is huge. She's changing the perception of cheerleading. Yeah, she totally is. And I also loved not to downplay any of the history being made with Napoleon, Jesse, and Quentin, mm-hmm. but I loved how she was explaining that, you know, we can't take away jobs for women in sports. Like, it's really important yeah. that we keep it with women doing cheerleading. What well, do you just, think on that? It's a touchy thing because we are both super excited about the fact that there are male cheerleaders in the NFL. It's I think very it's, exciting. It I'm is pumped super for exciting. Them. And, you know, on the flip side, just making everything co-ed is also not that exciting because we we know all too well how competitive it is and how many few spots there are for um, women or whoever on these teams. So if you're making a 40 squad, 40 person squad co-ed, then that's 20 spots for women now compared to 40 and you know we're already struggling for opportunities to dance and continue doing what we love and it's not that we wouldn't want to be inclusive but it's just already such a competitive arena that it makes it a lot I don't know it's it's concerning that we have less opportunities because of because of that is it's a it's a consequence of being more inclusive yeah and didn't you say that um you heard an article or something about basically using the fact that there's guys on the team as like a mask for the me too movement and yeah so um shout out to kl she provided a link to a a video and what we're seeing um even when the guys were being interviewed while they were at super bowl they are you know speaking of the controversies in the nfl of how they were mistreating and not paying their cheerleaders and then right on the heels of saying that, they're like, but now there's men in the NFL and they're breaking, you know, making history and breaking ground. And it's like, that's not a solution to the problems that were brought to light by these brave women that came forward. It's Amen. not, you know, it's great that they're making strides by including men. But, but what are they paying the girls better now that exactly, there's men or not, just the men better than the women? Like that it's, is, it's not the opposite equal, equal. of what it we're trying to do. Equality, um, just by, sorry, I'm like talking over you, but you know how you I, seem I needed. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm calming down now, but it's just, it's not a solution to the lack of equality to have men in the NFL now. I mean, I just think they're two separate things and, I think that I've seen the guys, you know, kind of sidestep that when it's brought up in interviews, like we're all just here to dance and we're all dancers. And it's true. It's just there's a balance, right, to we don't have like a lot of spaces where women can just be appreciated as women and dance together as women. And it's not that we don't want male teammates. It's just it's it's a dicey issue because I I love and support that the guys are part of the NFL now, but it's also just... It's we have to kind of look out for each other and right. Well, like what we were talking about in boys just want to have fun episode, 
what if more and more men start making the team? Like you said, it's half the team is men now, or the whole team is mm-hmm. male dominated. Like that's a little crazy to think about. I doubt that would ever happen, and we don't want to like deter anybody from auditioning, male right. or female. But it's just kind of something what she brought up on. was very interesting. Something to keep an eye on because mm-hmm. it's something that. I just think has to be managed and you know two or one on a team is is one thing and I think they've definitely um, blazed a trail for more people to try out and audition but I just think women just have to be aware that it's something that will make it even harder to make your dreams come true mm-hmm. and we have plenty of male-dominated spaces and so it's just something that we have to think about I just love that she brought it to light because she's she's fiercely trying to create more jobs for women in, in dance and I think that's something that should be applauded as well. Yeah, for sure. So have you ever been to London, Makiba? I have, actually. Um, a good friend of mine was there on a business trip, and I kind of tagged along. Um, have you? I have. I spent one night there, okay. kind of a long story, and it relates to show group. The infamous robbing situation? Yes. Well, we, So the, maybe that will yeah. come in the future. Well, let's transition to Locker Talk. Like, you have traveled more internationally than I have as part of being a part of the Seagulls. I went to Canada. I mean, we love Canada, but... Where did you go? Vancouver. Went to a BC Lions game and uh, visited Vancouver Children's Hospital. It was awesome. Um, I'm trying to think of what else we did there. (laughs) (laughs) It was fun, though. A lot of partying, actually. Well, that was on 12 tours, so those are usually, not like short, but they're usually like a weekend, so it it goes by a condensed time. But we did have fun partying and a little bit that, yeah. Well, because, well, anyway. (laughs) What's his name? I called him Uncle Luke, but Luke, um, you remember the tall dude, Luke? Oh, Wilson. Yeah, Luke Wilson. He's, you know, from there, and so we ended up just hanging out with him and all his people, and it ended up being... Who people? <laughs> Italian sausage Canadian bacon. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyway, that was fun. But where Another have you been? personal story. Oh, my goodness. Where have Actually, you been? yeah, I've been to Canada quite a few times. Um, now, John Ryan, yeah. our former kicker, who I loved, was the from... Yeah, the I think he was ninja. from Saskatchewan. Okay. That's the thing. Canada is so confusing to me a little bit. We're probably going to piss off a lot of our Canadian listeners. But I know, I'm sorry. Anyways, I love Vancouver. Yeah, Side me note. and Ashley were sent there to do a football thing for John Ryan. Like, mm-hmm. he had a charity, I think, back home. Speaking of freezing, it was, like, in the negative degrees. Oh, my goodness. And I remember I stepped out. We didn't pack correctly for it. I had no idea it was going to be that cold. It is freezing right now in Seattle. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, Well, there's snow on the ground. We had a little snowstorm. We had a little technical difficulties because of the snow here. Right. So it's freezing up there. Did you guys bring your white jackets or? We didn't have those yet. Oh, maybe we did. But I don't think we were advised correctly. But the funny part is that we were being sent to Regina. And I was like, oh, okay, sure, Regina, Saskatchewan, right? We got lost in the airport, and so I asked a guy there how we get to the mm-hmm. gate for Regina. And he goes, oh, Regina, eh? And I was so <laughs> like, what did you just say to me? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> when I got there, I was like, you know that you're, or somebody, they had a funny saying about it, but basically it rhymes with vagina. <laughs> So I've been to Regina. I've been in Regina, and it was amazing and freezing cold. How deep in Regina were you? It was really deep. (laughs) 
sorry. I'm such a perv. Oh, yeah. So Canada. Yeah. But you've been to Mexico too, right? Yeah. They sent us to Mexico because Mexico NFL is Mm -hmm. getting really big there. And we weren't in the Super Bowl, but they were having a Super Bowl viewing party. So they sent a small group of us there. That was really fun. But, you know, when you're in somebody else's culture and country, you feel like you have to participate And they had a very nice welcome dinner for us, Mm -hmm. and we were tasting a lot of different things, and they asked if we would try crickets. And our director was sitting, like, right across from me, and you know how she is, Mm -hmm. kind of, like, buck it up and... Suck it up and do it. Right, just do it. Shut up and eat a cricket taco. Yeah, so I ate a cricket taco, and it really wasn't that bad, but the idea really grossed me out. I don't want to eat bugs. Mm -hmm. I'm totally, like, not about that life. No. So that You're was really awkward. adventurous, though, with food, I thought. Yeah, like, um, Chinese New Year, I've been twice, so I don't know the years exactly, but um, this year is the year of the pig, which I personally relate to a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, a lot of the girls would get upset stomachs or not eat that whole trip, literally just because they were freaked out by the food. But mm. I wasn't, like, raised on it, but my parents definitely exposed us to variety of foods and so mm-hmm. yeah i was up in those phoenix claws and humbao and bubble tea and just anything and everything it's good food interesting yeah, yeah i'm not very adventurous i can't even get my steak medium rare i mean I'm, yeah my stomach gets mad at me so you ate crickets huh crickets that was probably the worst i washed it down with a a flight or a flag of tequila oh yeah now help? I feel really um, ignorant, but the flag, the Mexican flag goes okay. green, white, red. Something like that, yeah. So they have uh, tequila that represent that, and so you do the flag. Oh, that's what you meant. Sorry, yeah. I was like, is that how you say a flute of tequila? It basically was. It was like three shots <laughs> oh my gosh. of tequila. Interesting. That helped that wash it down. Oh my goodness. But one girl, I think it... I don't think Hannah was on the team, but Hannah would totally chow down on some of that. Somebody was into it, and I was like, I can't. You could see the little cricket legs. Ah! Okay, and... sorry. I'm adding a scream, but <laughs> I cannot. I can't. I can't. All right. I'm getting but you had to do it. You know what I mean? Because there's these people watching you, and you felt like you had to Enjoy the not be disgusted by. No, that would really be a challenge. The crickets. For me. Um they no, were I little could. crickets, oh, but effing hell no! My face, you know, I can't hide the fear or the just. You, you know? should see the faces Makiba makes while we record this <laughs> podcast. It's either disgust, surprise. No. Um, what are you Stop. saying, Brittany? Like no, the list goes face, on. My face does not lie, like my hips. Either. I think mine does too. Yeah, I would have really had to pull an Emmy out of my ass for that one to eat that and <laughs> act like I enjoyed it and not. Girls turned it down. I mean, that was, it wasn't like you were forced to eat the taco, but it was very, you had eyes on you. And so. And you want to be, I mean, that's. I want to seem cool. Yeah. I want to fit in. I do too. (laughs) But, uh, um, no. Okay. Well, I love this international episode. I thought it was really enlightening and inspiring to hear about the impact because cheerleading started in the U.S. for people who don't know. So to see it grow and be overseas and just. I mean, I'm I'm excited to see the twist that people put on it. Like in in France, we do it like this or whatever. I mean, taking the best of what we do and, and making it even more 
I don't know, exciting and tailoring it to their culture would be really yeah. cool to see. And our next episode actually is a little international too because mm-hmm. we're interviewing a girl that did the NBA in China. Yeah, so you guys have to stay tuned. All right, peace. No, I'm just kidding. But until next time, what should they be doing? Keep your eyes on the sidelines. Thanks for listening. The London, London. Thank you.